about their various keys to success. Uh, hopefully it's something that people find um, inspirational or motivational or pick up tips that they can use in their daily life or in various situations. Today I am talking to Elton Sawyer, who is NASCAR's Vice President of Officiating and Technical Inspection, which means he is overseeing a lot of stuff that's going on in the garage with officials, as well as various other aspects of the NASCAR world. For those who don't know, Elton Sawyer used to be an Xfinity Series driver back it was Bush Series when he was driving. He later went on to manage an IMSA team and was part of Red Bull Racing and now is working on the NASCAR side of things. And when I was asking people uh, for suggestions for this series, Elton's name came up as someone who um, has a lot of the aspects that I think would translate over to um, your office life and uh, the business world, whether it's management or working in an office or working for a team at your job. So this is sort of geared toward that. I was trying to ask him questions where um, hopefully you could listen to this and even though it's about NASCAR, sort of apply it to your own life. So in that sense, I hope it's helpful for people or if anybody wants to pass it on. And let's just go ahead and jump into the interview with Elton Sawyer. All right, everybody, I'm here with Elton Sawyer, and uh, Elton, your, your name came up for this because uh, of your steady approach uh, in the garage, and people really respect the way um, you handle people and guide people, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening um, who are probably on their way to work or from work, and they're in an office situation, and probably a lot of the principles that you're using here could apply there. So first of all, thanks for joining us. Well, absolutely, Jeff, and, and thanks for having me. And um, hopefully uh, we're able to contribute to someone that, that may be listening and they, they can pick up a couple of tips that will help them. So first of all, I mean, everybody uh, has been at a, in a work environment at some point in their life. This is a very dynamic one here at the racetrack because there's all sorts of people um, that, that are under your purview and, and they're trying to, uh, run a race essentially and get everybody ready for a race. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you look at from, from your perspective, as far as what's important to, um, building a team, letting them do their job and making sure it's still run efficiently? Yeah. Great question. I think first and foremost, for me, I, I back up, um, as a youngster and a teenager, playing all the ball and stick sports. You know, I played basketball, I played baseball, I played football. And what I what I gathered very early on was the, the discipline that it takes to be successful no matter what we're doing. And, and even at an early age, you know, you, you've got to be to practice on time. Um, you've got to be in uniform. You know, we're a team. You know, we wear the same, you know, the same uniform. Um, it's about the team. It's not necessarily about the individual. And what we do on a, on a given weekend at NASCAR is the same thing, whether it be our race directors in the tower or our series directors that are running their garage from, you know, the day-to-day -day operations of what, what goes on there and the communication with their individual teams. Um, I think the real key is to be able to, A, identify good people, put them in positions, uh, give them the tools to be successful, and support them and let them go out and, and do their job. And there'll be an opportunity 
Um, you know, I'll use next week after our, our event this weekend at Las Vegas. We will have our competition meetings. We will debrief on the things we did well, the things we didn't do so well, and what are we going to do to get better. Mm. And that's our approach every week. And there, there's going to be um, there's going to be items in each one of those buckets. There's going to be some things that we've done well, and we don't want to just sweep them under the rug. I think it's important that we all recognize, hey, we did a pretty good job here. But here's some things we didn't do very well. We've got to identify them. Uh, we've got to attack them. We've got to figure out what we have to do uh, to not let them happen again. And then the next week there'll be something else. But that's a, it's kind of a reset um, after every event. It seems to me like, you know, you mentioned the word support. Um, and, and you're, you're not trying to micromanage the people who are under you and the people that are tasked with these jobs. It seems to me like in a workplace that that's one of the most difficult uh, things that people have to encounter, both with bosses and employees, because you have to trust the people to, that you put in the positions to be able to execute. Um, but, you know, are there any tips that, that you've found over the course of your career for being able to trust in those people enough to do that? And um, how do you know when it is time to step in uh, when when they're not doing things the way that you would want them to, I think the the key there is is experience. Um, I think the interviewing process when you're when you're looking to to bring someone on and and put them on your team or bring them to your team, uh, that interviewing process is really critical. That you know they understand the challenges that are that are going to be presented to them uh, no matter what the task is or no matter what the role is. And as long as they understand that and they're coachable. Um, then I think you can, you know, some people have more bandwidth than others. You have to recognize that as, as a coach, if you will. If I, if I see a guy or we see a, an individual that is going to be really strong as a race director, then we've got to make sure we get him in a role where he can, he can develop and be a good race director instead of maybe he's probably not going to be very good as a series director or he's not going to be very good as a track service worker somewhere. And so I think identifying, and that takes time and you know, it's not, it's not a perfect science by any means, but I think identifying um, a, if someone has that drive and that heart to want to be good at something, then you can make sure that you, you get them, uh, get the tools around them and the support. And I think the support um, is key from, you've got to let them, it's sort of like having training wheels on a, on a bicycle. It's at some point you got to take the training wheels off and you've got to also understand they're going to make some mistakes and you've got to be comfortable with them. You know, if you're, if you're in the NFL, it's no different than our sport. A young quarterback is going to throw interceptions. Mm -hmm. We have to be good with someone throwing a couple interceptions, but yet you can't say, man, you can't, we can't go at them and say, you can't throw interceptions because they're, you're going to get them to where they, they're not comfortable and they're not going to be able to do their job at a high level. So then I think the number one thing is to be comfortable with them throwing the interceptions from time to time, but also not putting them in a position, uh, if I use a race director as a, as a good example, it's better to throw the interceptions on, say, a, one of our weekly shows right right or maybe one of our support events although not ideal we don't want to be throwing interceptions on sunday right you know that's the thing that you you know you've got to make sure that you train them when you put them in the game on sunday to be calling a a monster energy uh, nascar cup event um you've got to make sure that they're ready to go they can still throw an interception but we need to make sure that we've prepared them and, and have them ready to do that um, you know, one thing that's always fascinated me from a, a coaching type standpoint where you're managing people's is uh, 
uh, sometimes there's going to be conflicts. I mean, there's so many different personalities and not everybody gets along the same way. How do you handle things when two people that you both value on, on your team, they're not seeing eye to eye? Uh, like, how do you know when to step in and how do you manage uh, like a disagreement with a coworker? I think what you do, you, you kind of the mediator, right? You'll get the information from one side. You'll get the information from the other side. And it may be a conflict that you can just handle it with them one-on-one. And I think to me that's the first step. You know, you would say, look, here's, here's what we need to do going forward with both of them. If that, that conflict continues, then we probably need to have the triangle. Probably need to bring both of them, uh, myself or, or, or another um, uh, management position to sit in on that, on that discussion. Um, and at that point, we've got to pay from a company perspective, here's what we need from you. You know, we all, when we walk in the gate on Friday morning or Saturday morning or Sunday morning, we're all here to do a job and to be part of the team. So I think the, the number one thing is to try to get it resolved on the, on the first level there. And, and sometimes that doesn't work. Then you have to continue to take the next steps. And then ultimately, you know, you'll get to a crossroads. And you'll say, well, I've, I've got to make a move here. I've got to move them to a different department and because they're a good employee. It's just not quite working where we have them today. If somebody listening was, uh, you know, having like some tension with a coworker at work, um, what, what, like, would you encourage them to talk to a supervisor or should they handle it with that person themselves? Is there any sort of a general rule of how that's supposed to go? I think there are, all situations are going to be different. Um, I think if, if you as the, as the individual feel comfortable going to your, your coworker and say, look, here's, this is not working as well as I think either one of us would like to see it work. And then, you know, see, you know, see how that step works or that may be that, man, I, I don't feel comfortable. That's going to get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then I would suggest going to your supervisor and getting some advice and maybe they would turn it around and say, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to try it this way and then get back with me and see if we're going in a better spot. If not, then we'll take a little different angle. I don't think that's it's written in stone that you have to do it a certain way. I think every, every individual is a little different. Every situation is different. Um, I think you just the, the, the personalities of each is something that you got to take in and, and put it in the equation of how you feel like you need to, um, to handle it. Yeah. No, I really like that, though, because you're not ratting someone out necessarily. If you go to your boss, you're just you could approach it like you did. It's like I need a little bit of advice in the situation. How, to, how should I handle this? Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. And I think the, the other part of that is always having you hear about the open door policy. Uh, you know, I, I tell our guys and gals all the time, I said, well, my door's open. And even if it's not, it's OK to knock. Mm-hmm. And if you got a second. And there's nothing that I'm doing that's more important to, than listening to them if they have a question about something. I put everything down that I'm doing because if, if they are not comfortable and they need, they need an answer about something, then the wheels are not turning in the direction we need them to. So I can always pick up what I'm doing at another time. I need to make sure that you know, they understand and can get them an answer so they can keep doing their job. One thing I'd also like to know from you is, you know, um, <clears throat> There's a lot of uh, moving parts uh, here, like literally moving parts, but um, things are in flux all the time. P- little fires might pop up that you need to put out, little crises. Um, how do you stay calm in those moments? Is that just your personality, like that you're you're very even, or is there something, like do you take a deep breath? Or, like how do you handle those situations? I think the, the key there is you take the deep breath. 
because um, try to keep the emotion out of it. Step back. We've got a situation. We have a, you know, we have a crisis. Whatever we have, if you keep the emotion out of it, and 99% of the time, you know, over over time, you've you've had some experience in those situations in the past, and it'll give you a first step. Here's what my first step is. Here's the box I need to check on this one to help me make those decisions going forward. Whether it be, uh, as an example, you know, we deal with weather. Right. So you, you wake up in the morning and we've got a you know, we've we've talked with our partners at the weather company. We'll get some input there. We're going to have rain for X amount of time. OK, so then you just start checking the box. It's raining. OK, at some point it's going to stop. <laughs> we've got that information that it's going to rain all day. And you may have some periods of of time where you could get the track dry. So you start from there making your decisions on. All right, we're gonna. It's gonna be stop raining here shortly. Um, let's start drying the track. We look at how long that's gonna take. My point is, it gets you to a point you're checking boxes on your decision making, mm-hmm. and and being frustrated or being upset or, or having the emotion in it, a lot of times will will make it very cloudy in the way that you make those decisions. So stand back and just take a deep breath and be able to uh, to ba- basically make those decisions in a calmer. Um, with a calmer thought process. Mm-hmm. So you touched on, um, like, I'm going back to if, if somebody is, is in an office or something, you, you know, um, being, you know, having the discipline to show up on time, uh, being a team player, putting, putting um, the team first and the company first over, over your, your individual needs necessarily. Um, what are some other general tips that, like, you and you like to see out of your employees or you think that other people could use to, in order to have uh, you know, to be a good team player, like what, what do people need to do? I think the, the number one thing for me that I always use is I reset every day. W- what happened yesterday is, is history. It's in the rearview mirror. Good or bad, I need to get a good night's rest. I need to be ready to go the next day, look at what the schedule is, whatever event, if it's a truck race, if it's a cup race, if it's exit, whatever that may be. I think the number one thing is to not get too high um, on the great day, on the good days. Don't get too low on the bad days and then be able to reset the next day. And, you know, that comes from not just, you know, a mental aspect, but physically as well. You know, you've got to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're getting the proper rest and nutrition um, because you're, you're asked to make some really, really important decisions throughout your day. Depend, it doesn't matter what role or responsibility you have within your company. You're there for a reason. You could be the guy that's, that's there at 5.30 in the morning to make sure that all the offices have been vacuumed and all the trash cans have been cleaned. Um, but there, it's an important task. If it wasn't, then it wouldn't be on the agenda to be done. So mm-hmm. to me, it's um, it's resetting every day and taking that positive outlook and, and dealing with those um, those curveballs that will come. You know, and, and another for me as a bowling stick guy for many years <clears> – <throat> Um, athletes, you know, will get to the major league if they can hit curveballs. They're not going to get there if all they can hit is a fastball. Hmm. So I think in life you've got to be able to hit the curveballs. Everybody can hit the fastballs, but you got to be able to stand in there and be ready for the curves, and every day you're going to get a curve. There's going to be a curveball from the time you get up in the morning. There's going to be one, two, there may be five or six, and you've got to be ready to adjust and, and hit the curveball. And if you know it's coming and expect it, then you'll be better prepared. You're going to be better prepared, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely.
All right, everybody. So there you have it. Elton Sawyer on the podcast. Really liked how he comes from the coaching philosophy, um, having covered a lot of uh, coaches on when I was covering high school sports and things like that. A lot of what he was saying rang true. And I, I really like that that uh, analogy about the curveballs, having to hit the curveballs in your life to be successful. And obviously, I think that could apply to to any profession, really. So um, yeah, good stuff there. And, and thanks to him for joining us. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, since he was a suggestion to me, uh, if anybody else is listening to these and, and um, knows somebody in the racing world who um, has some great characteristics that would be helpful to, for other people to hear about or listen to or some tips, uh, please send me some nominations. I'm definitely looking for people all the time. And obviously, these are going to cover a wide variety of things. So, so far, you know, we've done Jimmy Johnson on health and fitness and Blake Cook on positivity and Holly Kane on living a, a life that is positive even through adversity. Jose Castillo on your personal recipe for success. So all sorts of different things. And uh, I will be trying to keep uh, touching on various categories. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it takes us. But if any, anybody has any nominations, that would be that would be great. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Clark podcast. Right now I'm here at uh, Fontana, so it'll be a post-race podcast after this race, Sunday night. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be a 12 questions interview with Haley Deegan. So obviously you saw where Haley Deegan has continued to have some success in the K&N ranks, recently won the dirt race uh, out of Las Vegas, uh, the K&N dirt race. So um, we will talk to her on the 12 questions. First time I've done an interview with her, so that should be fun. Anyway, thank you so much as always for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy these, please consider leaving a rating and review. And either way, I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Cluck Podcast. <laughs>